time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. Don, if I say the Holy Trinity, what comes to mind? Uh, that scene in The Matrix Reloaded where she gets shot up. <laughs> I no, no, I mean, no. I, I, that's not it. Um, uh, I like that joke. That, it took me a minute, I, but I was like, wait a second. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, no, I um, get. No, 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 I'm so slow sometimes, but yeah. Uh, I, I recycled that joke because there's that. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm religious. I I uh, respect the Holy Trinity, and people are showing up. You know, they're whatever three things they love. Yeah. And I had to show a picture of uh, you know, Trinity with a bunch of like rebar sticking out of her or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. no, the Holy Trinity. Obviously, I think of metal. You know, yeah. and uh, so obviously it's you think of Metallica. Megadeth Slayer. That's what you think of. I think of as the Holy Trinity, even though I'm not really a huge fan of two of those bands, but you know, I respect their place in the, uh, that, that, that spectrum of uh, metal. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like I'm a weird metal head. Like if you look at me, I don't, I don't dress like a metal head. I don't look like one. I'm not like when I go to shows, I, I stand out like a sore thumb, dude. I'm in basketball shorts and like, I just, I don't know. I've I've always gravitated towards like heavy music, but like I don't like Slayer is fine, Metallica yeah. is fine, Pantera is fine. Like all they're all fine, but like that's not like if you asked me to name like my top my 10 favorite metal bands, like none of those are making the list. And I know that <laughs> is like blasphemous in in certain circles. Like people just like, "Oh, you're you're fake fan, you're fake fan." It's like, "No, it's just not what I grew up with." Like that shit was in its heyday before I got into metal. I mean, I'm 34. Yeah. So like you're a little bit older. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so like, like my real introduction was like, you know, a little bit later, like fear factory, like in flames, <laughs> like <laughs> Lamb of God, like that sort of like, and then of course, like I hit peak, like metalcore with kill switch engage and like as yeah. dying, like all that stuff. That's where like it all really hit for me. Um, but like, you know, you and I share a, a love for, orbit culture oh yes yes, yes. <laughs> Those, them boys oof, they, they know how to fucking riff that's yeah for sure. i i saw i saw them like there's a couple of those bands you know that in your friend circle that you like gojira was that band for me where mm -hmm. i've talked mm -hmm. about it on here where like i listened to them on like a like a it was like a sampler and uh <laughs> i was like whoa what is this and then I, you know it was right as from mars the series came out and then like i it's like that was the my contribution to my friends group in terms of like music because like that was the band that i discovered that then like i spread you know and then like orbit culture is kind of like that but like a lot of my friends in like high school and stuff like i talked about it on the last episode where there was like you know 15 of us that like listened to metal and now it's down mm -hmm. to like three people that like because i go to a lot of metal shows on my own which people think that's weird but um like my wife doesn't listen to it so it's just like if i want to go to a show I, i'm i'm what you gotta do <laughs> i don't like being beholden to anyone else to do anything that i want to do uh so like 
when I make a decision that I'm doing something like I'm doing it. So like, and I know that some people, Jacob included likes to fiddle fart around and like, uh, doesn't like to commit to anything where like I'm, I'm committed and I'm going like the mo- <laughs> the moment it like creeps into my head. All that to say is like, I saw orbit culture and fit for an autopsy almost a year ago. And dude, like orbit culture was unreal, dude. I mean, fit yeah. for an autopsy was great too, but like, it was like no nonsense. Like they came mm-hmm. out they just and they just like played song after song after song. There was no breaks. They played for like forty minutes maybe, and it was just like this is this is nice. what's up. Like this great stuff, man. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not much of a going to shows guy. Yeah, like I my metal journey's been kind of weird. Um, I mean, I was a you know I loved metal in high school. Metallica was and is will always be my number one, but I don't listen to them for weeks to months on time because i've listened to them so much sure i don't need to anymore <laughs> you know uh and so but they're always that one like they've cemented themselves in that top spot and it's funny you mentioned gojira because when magma came out in 2016 mm-hmm. that album hit me and i was like because i heard of them before i've probably heard a few of their songs i know i have a few friends who like oh check out this band you like them and i just wasn't there yet sure um and it completely like floored me. Like I became so obsessed with that band. Like I had not been obsessed with a band since I was a teenager, you know? And yeah. you know, at that time, you know, in my mid to late thirties and I'm like, I feel like a teenager again, finding this band who, and it's so similar to how I fell into Metallica. Cause I fell into Metallica in the load reload eras, where it's more people, more radio friendly and, and things like that. And, but then I went back and I loved everything. And the same thing with Gojira. I went back, you know, I love everything from like, you know, Terra Incognita to, you know, to now. And right. they hugely influenced my guitar playing afterwards. Like so much so that um, I had bought it before I had, I had known that, but uh, you know, Joe Duplantier plays a Telecaster. I have a Telecaster. I have his custom pick up in my in my guitar <laughs> nice know? my whenever i'm posting a video or something me playing guitar or whatever it's usually through their custom amp sim on my computer you know i uh i have the mario duplantier drum samples you know let's I, go i am just all about that band they've they've like completely changed so much for me and then orbit culture comes along and they are Metallica and Gojira's angry teenage child. Yep. <laughs> and it is fucking awesome. Yes. And I remember I I heard uh was it the Nija that the first yeah. album I forget the full name of it. But I think it's I just Nija, to, isn't it? I think I think it's Lost North Star of Nisha or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listened to that album and I'm like, this is a killer album, but this feels like a band who's about to make that album mm-hmm. that's like people point to and say that's it shaman came out good not that album yet this album the scent comes out i'm like i think we're there folks like yeah. they went in such a direction where they you know because there's a lot of like some you know deathcore kind of stuff that they that they have incorporated and all that but it's still a ton of melody some ripping solos you know i just even though it's kind of the same vocal melody i still love his little his his you know uh justice for all era hatfield snarl and the cleans you know the super lows and then they will never not get me with those ending breakdowns oh yeah dude. Oh, like <laughs> like i like that album has has lived on it it's my 
you know, first thing I pop on when I have to go to the gym, like that's ever since it came out, ever since uh, any of the songs came out, they're the top one. Boom. Like I got my ass in gear. There we go. And yeah, I I love those guys. I I wish I could see them in concert, but uh, I'm a bit of a homebody. (laughs) So is Jacob. Yeah. I don't want to go out. And again, as much as I I, I want to see these bands in concert, I just usually when they come around, because I live in the Chicago area, when they come around, it's always like south of Chicago mm-hmm. or like Milwaukee. And either way, it's like a like a three, a two and a half hour, three hour trip for me one okay. way. So I'm like, I I could do this by myself. I'm sure I can convince my wife to let me go by myself and her not be worried. I'm going to be like smashed on the floor somewhere. Um, and I wouldn't want to drag her with her because she's just not, you know, she likes some metal, but not not this stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I get uh, it. But the, just the drive alone, I'm like, oh man, come on, guys. Been yeah, so you many- can do that shit in your 20s, man. But then, yeah. like, so in my in the early 20s, in my early 20s, not the early 20s, in my early 20s. <laughs> so like where we live, there was like a really good like metal scene because like Whitechapel is the big metal band from here, and mm-hmm. they still do like a Christmas show um every year it's like a like you you don't pay to get in you donate toys for tots and stuff and but like there's like weird over time like weird city ordinances were passed and like you couldn't you weren't allowed to like mosh or anything and anything that was an all-ages show you had to be 18 and older and then like that really like took a lot of bands away like they didn't really want to play because then like you had to go through this whole ordeal of like why why is this an 18 and older show yada 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 because mm-hmm. like and we used to have this place called it was called the valerium and then it became the international but like it was just like a warehouse and it was great it was like perfect for metal and then it went through it was like an old railroad warehouse and then like it switched over to like a nightclub and then like once anyways so like where i saw uh like uh orbit culture and fit for an autopsy was in an old fucking like walmart or a kmart like they, that's like that's like the new place to go and it's, it's like it's great but like nashville asheville um atlanta like th- those are all you know within driving distance of where we're at and that's where all those bands are going now because there's a bigger population those are bigger cities and so like it's very rare that we get stuff here but then, like, I convinced Jacob to because Jacob's not a metal guy, and I've convinced him. Was it 2021? I think it was Gojira, Alien Weaponry, and I forget who else it was. Uh, but it was Alien like Alien Weaponry was the one that we really liked as well. Yeah, that, they uh, opened they the like, show, and yeah. like they were just like they started the show with like a with the Haka, and because they're from like New Zealand and shit. Was, yeah, like, they're yeah, they're really good. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. And uh, but it was weird though because it was like the first time I'd ever been to a metal show that was like all seats. Cause it was in like an amphitheater and not like, just like a, like a stage and standing. So like, oh. I was like, have I hit that, that, that eight, <laughs> that point to where like now and like, cause to me, a metal show is it's, it's grungy. It's dirty. It's, you yeah. know, it's $25 at the door. It's just like, in, you know, encompassed in like piss and beer and sweat inside the, inside the thing, because like, that's just what it is. It's what it represents. But like, uh, I went to um, Gojira, Mastodon, and Lorna Shore a couple months ago, Ooh. and I am not a Mastodon person. Like I just, it's the one, like one of those bands that like I just can't get into. Like I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I just don't vibe with them. Like I don't like dislike them, but like it's just, not, I will not go out of my way to listen to them. Um, but there was, this was in like an like an arena. It was like eight thousand people there. 
And I'm like, what happened? Like what happened in between COVID where like I'm going to shows where there's 300 people in a warehouse to now I'm going to shows where there's 8,000 people in an arena. Like, like, wh- like wh- what happened? Like, I understand that, you know, a, like a lot changed, but like, where, where did the, where did that dynamic change to where that be? And I know TikTok was a big influence for like Lorna Shore and why those people were there. Um, but like, I don't, I don't like have a problem with large crowds because I go to like a lot of sporting events and stuff. So like you expect that, you know, that's 60,000 people. But then like when you're so used to going to shows where like, you know, it's packed out at three, 400 people. And then all of a sudden there's 8,000 people and you're just like, <laughs> and that was, that was seats too. Like where we sat, we set up like on the balcony because like, I don't, I don't, I've never been a moshing guy. I'm, I'm not the biggest dude and I'm not really interested in getting my like jaw broken on accident. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I go, I, yeah, I'm there, yeah. I'm there to enjoy the music. I'm there to like enjoy the vibes and stuff, but like, I'm not interested in, in like thrash dancing or moshing or any of that shit. Um, so seats don't really bother me anymore. I'm like slowly becoming an old man at this point, just because it's like, eh, you know, but it, me- yeah, I got you. I got you. But yeah, man. Uh, so like orbit culture was sort of like, like I'd been, I don't know how it's always weird. Like how you and I cross, like how you cross paths with people. Cause I know that orbit culture was like the thing that like kind of opened up the conversation, but like, I'd been following you before I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I honestly don't know why. <laughs> I, it might. It might have been when I was doing my Kickstarter, and like maybe okay. you had come across it because, like, basically anyone that shared my my Kickstarter, I was like, okay, boom. And then like you get into that weird algorithm on Twitter mm-hmm. at that time where you're like, okay, like all these, you know, creators are doing all these things. I don't know if you were doing anything then, but you're doing something now, which I'm, I'm envious that you like surpassed it in like two days. Uh, Evie in the Helsings, right? Yes, yes. Evie in the Helsings. Give the elevator um, pitch. Uh, Evie in the Helsings is the story of Evie Van Helsing, the last of the Van Helsing line of vampire hunters. Um, she, uh, upon learning of her mother's death, she realized she's told she's the next in line to take up the mantle, but uh, she doesn't want to hunt vampires. She just wants to rock. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, like yeah, and obviously, she's gonna have to learn to do both. So, uh, I like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's the second issue we're kickstarting right now. The first issue we kickstarted in January. Okay. Um, my collaborator and co-creator, uh, Steve Bryant, he's, he's, he's a Kickstarter like legend in terms of like, he was using Kickstarter when you had to tell people, yeah, this is thing called Kickstarter. Like when it first came out, yeah, that, that's how I got to know him. Actually. He was on a, a comics podcast called 11 o'clock comics um talking to them about his book Athena Voltaire which has been a webcomic since the early 2000s he's had different kind of small publishers pick it up plenty of print runs it's it's a very it's a very great book cuz he's also a great artist himself um and it's kind of like a female indiana jones type of thing um so but he was talking about this kickstarter thing oh that's cool and then i went to a comic uh, a c2e2 i think the second one they ever showed in chicago uh, when that started up and that was uh 2009 i think and i just went up to his table and i started talking to him uh and he's like this nice nicest guy and then over the past god what is it 14 years now <laughs> we became friends you know and as naturally when you have friends in the comic book industry you're they naturally gravitate to like when are we gonna do something together yep 
And I don't then, have uh, any of those. <laughs> you will. You will. You got one. You got one more right now. Um, yeah. So uh, we, uh, you know, we we had talked back and forth on some things. I had an idea for something. It didn't really pan out, but that was more on my end. Uh, and then one day I'm just, I'm working on something, trying to figure, you know, working on a short story I was doing for an anthology. And I'm just kind of figuring out like, what do I want to do next? Because I had kind of had a sputter and a start with a Patreon uh, comic I was doing. And I kind of realized that I wasn't doing the, the 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 story any any service by kind of doing it the way I was doing it. I needed to kind of give it time. And he just texts me out of the blue. He's like, hey, I got a really dumb idea. And usually if my any of my comic book friends say like or music friends say, hey, I got a really dumb idea. You want to help me out with this? It's always yes. <laughs> you know, I like the, stu- the stupider, the more likely I'm going to be like, yes, I think this is a great idea. So um he sends me the uh the old school Van Halen logo, the VH with like the, the piping on the sides or whatever, like the, but it says Van Helsing. Okay. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. And his idea was more of like a satire thing with a Eddie Van Halen homage. Okay. And then as we're kind of talking about it, you know, this was like not long, not, it was like a few months after uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away. He's like, I feel like it's not in good taste. This is Steve saying that. And I'm like, well, I don't think you're making fun of the guy, but yeah. And I said also, you know, at the time and currently still, like I've, I've been listening a lot more like, you know, female heavy rock metal singers and all that. I'm like, well, can we, can we just make it, you know, I said Edie Van Helsing, but he, he heard Evie. So it just became Evie. <laughs> and I like so, Evie Van Helsing. It's, it's yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Really I like, good. yeah, yeah I, I, th- I thought it was really great. And we keep the initials EVH, you know, sidebar. Um, I'm named after Alex Van Halen. Oh, well, there you go. The vampire hunter, the famous vampire hunter. Alex <laughs> yes, Van Alex Van Halen, yes. Um, but I, so... I have no musical talent whatsoever, <laughs> though. Like the, the the drumming, just like trying to will that into existence did not work for my dad. It was oh, either going to be that or Axel. So and my, la- my last name is Osborne. So I've, I've got him. Oh. I got it. Yeah. So like I'm pure. It, it... If your name was Axel Osborne, everyone would think you you it was a stage name. So yeah. I think you lucked out. I think yeah. you definitely lucked out there. Um or not. I don't know. I, I mean it is cool, it is a cool name. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm just yeah, gonna change we, it when yeah. I get famous. That's just gonna be my 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 fake name. There you go. Uh so as we were talking, things started to develop. He like sent me a list of characters. I gave him my own ideas. Because, you know, Steve's a really open collaborator. So he's always down to hear me just like spew whatever random ideas I have about characters, any of the kind of headcanon stuff that I kind of think of. And it really became something a lot more than just like a satire. It became like uh, a much more heartfelt kind of book almost. Um, not that we're shying away from like any of the action or violence or anything like that. But Steve and I, we're, we're softies, you know, we're, we're you know, easy marks for our kids you know we, we got that like you know uh the the right song or commercial will make us tear up You're like I'm, I'm i'm almost teared up playing ninja turtles with my daughter for the first time the, dude, the video games and i'm like you're, you're talking about shredder's revenge yeah yeah dude yeah. i was I, playing it today with my daughter and yeah. i was just like my heart was just like so full like daddy daughter things on tvs yeah. and like shows games yeah. like dude i can't like I can watch someone get like absolutely brutally like murdered and I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm unfazed, but like, I wa- yeah, I can watch, I can watch like evil dead rise with a smile on my face. Yeah. And then, but you know, yeah, the minute it's some sort of like 
uh, heartfelt. Yes, it, it's just like it's like oh son of a bitch. You know? Yes, but like <laughs> I don't, but I don't have that. It's weird though. Like I don't have that same connection when it's like a like a like a son and a and a father. Like if mm-hmm. like I do that gets like with weird. like God of War Ragnarok. Like I could, mm-hmm. I was just like. And Jacob knows this. Like I could not stand like Atreus. Like I, I was just like I get it. He's a teenage boy, but like I hate because teenage boy because because Atreus was yeah it was more yeah so, it reminds like, you I saw so myself. much of you yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was like, it's, 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 it reminded it's, me like, so much of Jacob and the fact that he was defending him so much irritated the shit out of me. I'm like no he sucks. <laughs> no he's a but, great kid dude. He's just but like Ellie and like The Last of Us dude. Like I would die for her. That sort die for her. Yeah. Well yeah. I have a I have a seven year old daughter and my son's gonna be four in a couple of weeks, so oh, man, you know, nice. you know, I it, it's it's definitely different with my son mm-hmm. because there's in both of them there's so much of me that I see in them that is like with my son it becomes almost more of like a I want to protect you from losing all that stuff that I had to get rid of, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and with my daughter it's like doing everything I can to celebrate everything she's doing. And not that I don't celebrate my son's because, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's an awesome little dude. I mean, we just spent like a half hour playing a uh, boss fight where he hits me with a foam sword and I pretend to die. Um, dude, you know, it's that's, a, that's <laughs> such fun. Like those are fun, such fun games, man. We, did this, like, yeah. we spent like 30 minutes today uh, where I was pretending to be like a monster and they were just beating the shit out of me with swords <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. it could not be, it could not be yeah. more fun just because yeah. like they love it. They're having a great time. I'm trying yeah. not to get actually hurt because yeah. a lot of the, like yeah. they have little swords. They hit really hard. They don't understand. Yeah. I, yeah, I got those like cheap little foam things that someone just makes in their house on, on Amazon or whatever. That still smelled like glue yeah. when I got them in or whatever. But you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. And it's just like, so, you know, Steve and I, and Steve's very much the same way with his daughter. And so we definitely brought a lot of just, you know, heart into the book and and thinking about what makes these characters so important because it's not just Evie, it's her bandmates, you know, it's their drummer Dino, their bass player Jack, their guitar player Ricky with R I K K I, just so you know. <laughs> it's gotta be Ricky with two K's and an I. Um, and just, you know, their relationship and the things that go from there. So, you know, we did the first Kickstarter in January, and Steve's done, like I said, Steve's like an OG Kickstarter guy. He's done so many books on there and he's done several series on a Kickstarter where he did the first few issues, did the trade, so on and so forth. So he kind of had it as like a well-oiled machine. Nice. He has his he has his group of people that always show up and all that. And I hadn't had an actual book book of mine out in a couple of years at that point. And since then I had gotten to know so many more people. I done I started the podcast. I've gotten not that I, I say I have like a a wide base or anything like that, but it was far wider than I had when I did my first book. So we launched the first issue and we got funded in 26 hours. That's like gotta be That's crazy awesome, feeling, dude. right? I mean it was absolutely insane. We were we were our original goal for the first issue was seven thousand dollars. And 10 minutes or so like I mean, like 30 minutes before we're about to launch steve texts me he's like dude i'm gonna drop it to six i just i i don't want to i feel like it's gonna i'm like i'm like it's fine just it's just if you feel comfortable doing it that way and then yeah 26 hours later we're like uh <laughs> yeah that's how like uh what i remember with that i don't want to speak over alex about his own kickstarter but like i remember us texting back and forth um and him having like a hard time kind of like because 
things happen. I know? literally it's dropped like, it the night before. Yeah, I launched it. I I had, I basically cut it in half because my original because like from my perspective, I I, I created and wrote the thing I did, but like I again, I'm not an artist. I like I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I whatever. So like I'm having to outsource that out and get that, and I'm I you know and my artist Hugo, like we're, you know, we're collaborating, we're doing it all together. Um, but like, I, ultimately like I'm fitting the bill for all of this. So my original was 10,000 and I'm like, that's a lot. Like that's a lot. <laughs> and I got, I have just I, like, no, that doesn't sound too bad. Dude. I like, got just 10 grand, bro. I got cold feet, not cold feet in the sense that I was like, I would rather have, I dropped, I cut it in half. I had to went to five, like the day before I launched. And I was like, I would rather have 5,000 and have that and then have to figure out the rest than mm-hmm. to only have seven and needing 10 and not get any. So yeah. like I went more conservative with it. It was also my very first Kickstarter. It was the first time I'd ever done it. So like I learned a lot. I, there's a lot, dude, there's like just a, like a lot that you, that happens and like you, things you, you just like learn that you just can't account for, for stuff. So yeah. like the fact that it's, you had done it before and that like you're with this guy who's like a super pro and like the second issues funded in like what, less than 36 hours. Yeah, we got funded and I think it was I think it was just about 36 hours and uh we're definitely not going to hit the same backer total or grand total as the first issue did, which is fine. Fully like mm-hmm. with any second even if you're releasing through a publisher, that second issue always has a drop mm-hmm. no matter what. And you know, I have plenty of retailer friends who I hear that from all the time, <laughs> you know. So Again, my expectations were always, I hope we get funded. That's it. You know, we get funded, you know, we get to make the book. Well, I, you know, I, you know, with the first issue, it was done before we started because I was able to like, just get it done and we could focus on not having to do that. I'm also drawing two books, another book at the, at the same time now anyway, but this one, yeah, you got a lot of work going on (laughs) and two kids and two books. And I don't, and and I don't do comics full time, so it's it's uh it's a lot. Day job. Um, it's I got I got a I got a part time gig thing I do at home that I could kind of do, very you know in between everything else. But I, I'm very much ping ponging everywhere, all over the place, every single day. Uh, I keep telling my wife like in about a year when my son goes to full time kindergarten, I'm like, oh, it's over for you, bitches. Like I, that's <laughs> like that's like I, I mean, I don't mean to like jump off on a side tangent, but my God, I cannot wait until my kids get out of like childcare and go back go mm-hmm. to like schools and stuff because then I don't have to pay six hundred dollars or how much ever it is like a month <laughs> or or more. You know, it's just like yeah. Jesus Christ. But I can only yeah. imagine it's probably more than that in 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 Chicago. Well, you know, thank, you know, thankfully the the gig I have. I can do it, you know, with childcare. So I'm, I'm dad, I am okay. stay at home dad. Nice. And, um, so I can do it, you know, yeah. And, and it, it, it's not anywhere near what I used to make as a full-time employee anywhere else, but, uh, my wife kind of, you know, kicks ass. So she's, you know, switched jobs, gotten promoted and she's, she's, uh, making that, that deficit that originally we had like this, not even a factor anymore with how much she rules, but what I, what I bring, you know, is, is it's not small potatoes, but it's, it helps keep the bills going and it lets me do the comic thing in my free time. And, you know, any, any of the money I get from the comics, I can invest back into comics and to doing things and to, and to, you know, trying to do conventions or, you know, I recently started to like, you know, I had to put some money aside because my iPad is 
three years old now at this point. And that's not old at all, but you know, if it, it, it goes, to, if, if it goes down I mean, in terms of iPads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, I guess yeah. I, iPads have a holder uh, no. value quite, quite well, but you know, it, it's the iPad pro and it, it's great. I, I, I love it. It really changed the game for me when I first started using it. Uh, Cause I wasn't a digital guy, you know, I was a traditional art guy, but mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, um, you know, I decided to just like invest in it. And then I also put out a tweet about, you know, Hey, cause I saw a lot of people like saying like, I finally want to get some short stories done, blah, blah, blah. Cause everyone was at home and all that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a reduced page rate. I'm going to say, Hey, five, you know, five to six pages, digital art. Here's my rate. Who wants to collab? And I have That's like, it's pretty, it's pretty sick. And I had, I had, I had a, a bunch of, uh, uh, interest into it. I, uh, I, you know, ended up hooking up with a, a couple of people. And then another guy, uh, Philip Butehorn, uh, he's the at Illuminerdy on uh, Twitter. Awesome guy. Awesome writer. We've done several things together. Um, and I would, you know, work with him, you know, any, any time I can on that. And so, you know, it is one of those things where I'm, I'm going off on tangents. <laughs> oh, dude, you're fine. But yeah. But yeah, you know, the, the iPad really ch- changed things. So I, you know, I, I can take my work anywhere, you know, like just today, I, my daughter had a, had a tutoring session. So like I'm in the waiting room, I can, you know, modify some layouts, you know, and I could do that real quick, you know? And so that's been really helpful. So I got to kind of have to like, make sure I have, you know, just in case money, <laughs> if I need to get it fixed or something. Also, Apple keeps teasing like a 14 inch iPad pro. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, oh man, that's going to be really expensive. It's a business but... investment at this point, you know. But, it's like, yeah, hey, it's a, yeah, I don't know. Write it off. Write it off I, in your I'm taxes. Not, yeah. I'm not an accountant, uh, but I don't. I don't know if you yes, can. you are. I'm not legally allowed to give uh, tax advice, but I'm pretty sure that it counts as like work if you use it. Like, I think it's like it has to be majority like work. Like 50 percent of your work has nah. to be on it for you to. Yeah, the, um, rule, the rules are real fluid depending on who you are. I mean, it, it's a. Uh, I, I'm I'm well versed in business expenses <laughs> and, and what you can and cannot claim. There you go. Um, so yeah, I I would be able to claim. I think I would be able to claim it just because this iPad I don't you you know like granted I have like some apps on it, but I don't like watch Netflix or anything on it. Like it's mm-hmm. I'm working on it, or you know if I'm taking a break, I'm checking one of the 20 social medias we all have now, and then you know right back to it or whatever. But um, yeah. It's, it's, it's it, good though. Like it's two weeks in a row that we've had artists who are like pro digital and pro like traditional, whatever you want. Cause like, that's my thing. It's like whenever I was um, doing research uh, just for guys, I, I do like art for shits and giggles. And I was like, yeah, we can get an iPad just to mess around, like procreate and some of like that. And it's like, you have so many people out there that are just like, you know, it's, oh, you have to be traditional, like digital art is an art kind of thing. And it's just like, dude, like, just, it's, it's man. like, oh man. That is, yeah, I, I, I was like, I was listening to your last episode, and and that 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 topic came up, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's such bullshit, it's such elitist bullshit, with like, first and foremost, I love comics. They are the one of the best art forms mankind has ever created. Uh, I want to do nothing else with the rest of my life as a, as a career, if I can, at the very least, you know, be able to do it just to tell stories. But it, it's also a commercial product because I'm trying to sell it to people. Right. So if there's a tool that gets me, lets me get it done just that much faster, make something that much easier for me, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take advantage of it. 
do I love, you know, the sound and feel of pencil on paper and ink nibs on paper and that little scritch, scritch, scritch when you, oh God, I love it so much. <laughs> I can't do it though. I, I do not, I cannot feasibly do that. Like I can't take out an ink and a nib with these two kids around and like, what's daddy doing? And all of a sudden I got a giant black streak, streak across my, my page and I'm like, I can't hit undo here, right. <laughs> you know? So it's just like double you're, you're using two fingers to undo it. Like, come on, why isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, double tapping. I, and I've, when I had to do some commissions for the Kickstarter and for uh, a show, some pre-show commissions, I was definitely guilty of the trying to zoom in on paper, the pinching and the, and like, the, uh, the, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's true. It's just, it's just true <laughs> that mm -hmm. you just get so used to it. I'm sure uh, like, I'm sure give it, give it a couple of years and they'll have uh, some sort of mod that, uh, you know, every time you, you draw on your iPad, it, it produces the sound and then you can get that uh, paper texture to go over. Cause I, I've seen some people use like the, uh, I don't know what kind of screen surface it is, but it has texture to it to where like you're not I, slipping and sliding all over the screen. I um, currently use that. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, it's, there's one called paper like, but my buddy um, just to, just to properly shot him out, not to like uh, attempt any type of name drop or anything, but Kevin Mellon, he's the, art director for uh the hit monkey animated show and he worked on archer for many, many okay. years oh, okay. nice hey, and look at you. He's, he's, also, he's also a killer musician and uh he's also but he's also a fantastic comic book artist he's yeah he he's like he's like dude these are just like paper like but like a third of the price and i, I forget the name i think it's one of those things where it's like a, like a chinese knockoff thing and the name so changes every like six TV months or whatever yeah yeah, like, yeah. Like but they're TV great they're, like avoiding copyrights is what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're absolutely great, and they they've lasted longer than my paper like ones because I've you know I'm I'm a fairly I'm going to keep referencing your previous episode because when I listened to it and too like I just related to so many things like I'm a sweaty guy like and it's when it's summer here and it's humid like it's been for this past week it's not a good time man I'm just, <laughs> I, it's just not a good time for me um you know, anytime it's over like 75 degrees, I'm just like, Oh God, it's too my man, hot. my man, you, know? you would not survive. Yeah. I mean, not to say, I mean, I'm sure you could survive here, but it's like, it I'd be miserable all the time over 80 degrees. And it is yeah. constantly over 90% humidity. It's, it is no, it's I, horrendous. It's like based, it's a swamp without the, the, the water. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have yeah. very few alligators here as well, which is great. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't, I have too much anxiety for alligators. So. <laughs> And you know the way the way the weather's been, it's pretty much just like from uh, May to like mid October. I don't wear sleeves. <laughs> I don't wear pants. Hell yeah. There you go. That's so <laughs> you know, talk. I, you know, I was I was I, you know being a Midwest guy, I was always the guy wearing the shorts like in thirty five degree weather, and it's not like oh look at me. It's like I just it, it's it's fine. If I'm ever that's cold, how, it's usually Alex the, is. Yeah, Alex will be out here and it'll yeah. snow, and it'll be like out here in shorts and in a flip flop. And I don't like, do it for attention; is I do it for comfort, man. Because like, yeah, it's just, you don't yeah, it's just, you don't want to be around me when I'm overheated. Oh, I'm God, not a pleasant I, person, man. I'm such a baby. You're the, you're you're the nicest person ever. Whenever you're overheated and yelling at stuff. <laughs> Yeah, uh yeah it's it's a, i just see red and i just like i'm i'm untethered man like i just i don't like it 
<laughs> yeah, it, when did we're, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no when did you know that like i know that like i it's the same thing i asked deegan it's like i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> not is, any good at art two, but like two artists in a row it's like oh yeah no, it's like just, and that's another thing too like we're not like a comic book podcast by any means it just just happened to, this is the way the schedule fell um how did you know like that you had the gift of 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 being an artist when did you know that like okay like i'm I'm better than the majority of the people that are also doing These this. Like, fucking you're, suck. like you're, you know, your peers <laughs> and stuff, not necessarily like you're better than, you know, the comic book people, but like, how did you know that like, you're like, okay, like I want to pursue that. Like you got to the point to where like you were good enough to where you could pursue this as a, as a career. Um, only in the past couple of years, to be honest. Really? Um, let's go. That's I, good. you know, I was definitely one of the guys, you know, I always, I grew up drawing. I love drawing. I'm 41. So like, you know, in grade school, it was like the nuclear arms race to see who could draw the best Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd won that race. I remember the drawing very distinctly. It's the backs of the turtles, but I drew a building and the building kind of had some perspective. So I thought it was, king, you know, I was, I was like king shit for like a week at school. Um, and yeah, then, rights. And, and yeah, and then, you know, there's other kids who are also, because when you're that young, like most of you are all in the same level of drawing, whatever. And there's other couple of kids that who were also uh, good at drawing as well. And it was, so it was just like, okay, they did theirs and they did theirs. And so I'm like, all right, fine. Guess what, motherfuckers? I just drew a turtle in profile. Like, you know, <laughs> and it worked. It, it, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. You know, I love this. And then, you know, I just kept drawing and drawing. And I had, I had a friend uh, in grade school who was also an artist. Um, I can look back now and say that, yeah, technically I was better than him. But he always, he like drew slightly differently than me. And I was always someone who like appreciated other styles mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So it was never like, oh, I'm better than, you know, this guy here. I'm, he just draws differently than me, you know? So we we're, you know, trying to work on a comic and all that. And I would go to his house. I'd spend the night and we'd try to work on the comic and he just wouldn't want to do the work. So that was one of the first things where I'm like, I think I want, you know, like, well, I definitely want this more. And then come high school, I was in a school uh, that had like an arts program. Like you could choose like your track, like arts or um, uh, what was it? The sciences or whatever, you know, you could just choose. I chose art. And from there, it was kind of like a culture shock because I was in a class full of the best artists of their school. Right. <laughs> you know? And so you get humbled really quick. Like I, you, you get you get humbled, but you're also kind of like, oh, okay, I'm well, I'm not any worse than this guy, you know, or I'm not any, yeah. you know, this guy's, you know, and uh there's some people where you're just like, oh, this guy's a this guy, he know he's fucking got it already. Like, yeah. and you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, I was working really hard on that, and then I just kind of fell in love, I fell out of love with comics at that point, though. This is like the mid, this is like 98. Okay. And comics weren't great <laughs> then, you know, and at the time I just kind of fell out of it and I kind of discovered photography and music and I kind of, I thought I was going to become a photographer for a while. I actually went to a college in Chicago, Columbia College, Chicago for a semester before I realized like, oh no, I don't like the business of photography. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Um, uh, good thing. Good thing. I paid thousands of dollars uh, to learn this lesson. Um <laughs> 
wasn't a it, it was inexpensive really in the grand yeah. scheme of things yeah could have been worse you could have went for yeah. four years and it'd been fifty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah exactly. went for six years and it was sixty thousand dollars i mean it'd been <laughs> crazy if you would have been like that uh, and then uh it. So from there, I was just kind of like, I was, you know, in music, I was in bands and I was, um, nothing, no, no bands that actually did anything, but, um, but then I just wasn't drawing. And then at some point, I think, uh, 15 years ago, I just kind of started getting back in the comics. You know, my first comic I bought when I, uh, when the first comics I read, when I started to get back into it, because Amazon was a thing again, was a thing where I'm like, oh, I can just order these trades or whatever. Uh, was was we we three and if anyone's familiar with we three it's uh one of the best graphic novels of all time even though it's a miniseries it's called a graphic novel from uh uh grant morrison and frank quietly about animals who are turned into weapons and it's one of the most violent and heartbreaking things <laughs> you could ever read but frank quietly is an amazing artist and he kind of blew my mind with like oh shit you can do this stuff in comics i kind of forgot about that so I just kind of started doodling and all that. And then uh, for a few years, I just kind of was just off and on kind of, you know, drawing things here. thought of doing like a web comic or something, not taking it yeah. really seriously. We three looks and, really cool. I'm just looking at it. So yeah, it's, it, it is, it is probably, it, it, it battles Weapon X for my favorite graphic novel of all time. It, it really flip-flops on those. And it's just an amazing piece of work. Um, It's one of those things where I hope they one day adapt it into a movie, but then also I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, especially given the current climate yeah. i'm like adapting things to yeah. movies why not yeah um and i'm sorry i'm giving everyone the long the long no, way around absolutely this. um and then well, i started buying comics regularly again and uh you know i live in the suburbs north of chicago now i was born and raised in chicago but we moved up there uh, in the early 2000s up here but i was still working in chicago and a place called challengers comics opened up in chicago and they are a fantastic comic book shop They've actually won Eisner Awards for their, you know, their shop. Um, they're very, very, very well loved. And they had just opened and I just stopped in and as I immediately caught the vibe of it and I signed up my pull list then and there. And then I saw that they're hosting a thing called 24 hour comic book day, where you basically sit in a room or sit in the shop with a bunch of other artists and you try to make 24 pages of comic in one day. Oh, wow. Oh, They're not going to be good. It's just more like the experience and like the kind of the challenge of doing it, you know, um, yeah. like any, any, any kind of like endurance challenge is like, you're not, you're not expecting the best result, but you're expecting it's more experience. about finishing, right? Yeah. It's more, yeah. About the journey. It's not so much the product and the, and the, yeah. and the destination. It's about the journey that you did to get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Deep, and I think, yeah. and I think that was 2009 and that's where I, I did one and I'm like, Oh wait, I think I kind of want to do this. So, and from there and, and that night, that whole 24 hours, you know, I got to meet some people who I consider friends now, like Mike Norton, who does the amazing book Battle Pug. He's done work for Marvel, DC, Image Comics for years and years and years. And he's actually a really fast artist. So his 24 hour comic book page, book was an actual look like a fucking comic book. And it was really good. <laughs> he's like, oh, he brought that here. He's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Like, it's just, so. it, like he put us all to shame on it. And then uh, that's where I met like, uh, Ryan Brown, another fantastic artist who's had immense success uh, on Kickstarter with God Hates Astronauts. Okay. Um, he had the book Curse Words and uh, with Charles Soule. That's been real popular. Uh, I have that trade. Yeah. Eight Billion Genies. 
Oh which shit! Is like, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. like which was like optioned by Amazon for like fifteen yeah. different like spinoff things. So and holy shit! And, yeah, and I I just remember I was sitting like uh not next to him but like one person over from him and no one knew who he was like he had just like kind of been new to town and he made this hilarious fucking comic over the 24 hours everyone's like who is this guy and then like there you go um but meeting those guys and talking with them like it really kind of got me going and then uh through some internet forums uh from some podcasts and stuff like that i met people and i started like you know doing commissions and doing short stories and then I ended up doing a, a creator-owned series called Pax of the Low Country with a writer, John Dudley. We did uh, six issues, technically seven, because the sixth issue is double-sized. Si- double but I did that over the course of like three or four years because uh, I was working full-time and and all that. And it's just, I basically learned everything on that book. Nice. You know? I learned how to color. I learned how to letter. I learned how to do pre-press. I learned just everything. And we did a Kickstarter for a collected edition, which failed. <laughs> but that was our lesson because we tried to go like balls out on it. We went like hardcover and all this stuff. And we actually managed to raise up to, I think it was like $8,000, something like that, which was amazing. But since we were dumb and we're like, let's do a hardcover. Like we needed like 15. Okay. <laughs> if we had just done a soft cover and had a, a little bit more research, that eight would have been more than enough for what we needed. Um but it was fine. After that, I was able to like look in how to do the printing and finding a better printer and uh, doing pre-orders and things like that. So I, I cut a lot of teeth on that book. And then after that, I kind of just like floated around. And I, this is a long way for me going to like when I felt like <laughs> I was doing it. It, it, it was a, cumul- a cumulative thing because it kept like kept these things kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And I kept looking back and I'm like, I'm doing a lot of these things and just people I remember doing things alongside me that I don't see anymore, you right. know, and just, just don't stop. And then uh, once the pandemic hit, uh, I actually had a real bad mental health downturn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's a, a lot it, of it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was very, very rough for me. A lot of things I had not dealt with, I had to deal with because I realized they're affecting everything. And one of the things that was really affecting me was something to do with my art. Cause you know, I, I won't go into the specifics here cause it's, it's, it's really kind of a fucking bummer, but uh, um, <laughs> no, I, I had, I, sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I'm like, yeah. I'm no, 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 no. And I, 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 I'm a take on it. It was intended to, to, to elicit a chuckle, hopefully. Um, uh, I, I had a trauma related thing related to art. So it became this thing where I realized whenever I would start to feel good about my art, I would kind of self-sabotage by thinking I need to focus on a different thing. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with what I'm doing here. Oh, you know what? I need to focus on realism more. I need to focus on this more as opposed to like just embracing what I'm doing well and, and building off of that. Um, and then once I kind of dealt with all that and, and some of the stuff, the feelings that were going with that, I kind of like realized like, okay, this is how I draw. This is my style. And once I kind of saw that more clearly, I knew kind of how, kind of where I had to start refining it. So it's like, so literally That's like, like, so my question, like, I don't mean to inter- interject. No, go ahead. Oh, my, my question, like to you as an artist, like, how do you know your style? You know what I mean? Is it just something that like you start drawing in a certain style? Cause like, I mean, uh, cause like I've, I delve into art every now and then I get like mm-hmm. uh, ADHD waves of like, I want to go and like mm-hmm. sit there and, uh, and draw and whatnot. But it's like, 
like I just don't I wonder how people get to the art styles as they like whether it's like you know it's a personal choice and I just decided to like hey jump into this one and like continue to draw this one until I get good at it etc you know um I don't want to misquote but I think it was Neil Adams who said your your style is everything you do wrong okay. you know <laughs> and and that's not to mean like you're doing it wrong that's just like that's just how you, you do things um when I realized what like I'm not saying the way I draw now is like this will be my style forever this is what I do that's just what I realized that's what felt most comfortable to me. That's yeah. what felt like if I were just to draw, this is how it comes out. And for some people, it's just, it, I think it, a lot of it goes down to your influences and a lot of it goes into how you learned to draw. Mm -hmm. I came from an area where it was hammered into me. You do not trace, you do not copy, blah, blah, blah. And Tracing was a big thing back in my day whenever we were in like elementary school. Yeah. Get those yeah. like Pokemon drawing books is a big, big yeah. hit. Uh, and I, I used to love school. tracing. Like my my park district, like we used, there used to be uh, an art class in uh, the parks that uh, I signed up for uh, that they had a projector and we would bring our old X-Men trading cards and he would set up the, the teacher would set up the projector and would project it onto this big, so I had this like, 18 by 24 page where I'm like tracing, you know, a Jim Lee Wolverine or whatever. And it was fun. You know, I had tracing paper. I was trying to trace things and I just kind of abandoned it all. And then I didn't realize until, you know, you know, past couple of years that that stopped a lot of growth for me because that's how you learn. Mm -hmm. You learn by copying mm -hmm. when you're that young. It's cool. It's, it's fine. You're not passing it off as your own. That's fine. Like you're just learning. Yeah, it's so, not like one of those things where you're like you're tracing the comic book cards and then you're or, and then you're going out and like selling them on the street. Like, no, this is legit. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is yeah, my shit. Exactly. Seven years exactly. old on the is, streets of Chicago. Uh, like, Look, I drew this. What is exactly even like? What are you talking about? I've never heard of this X Men thing. This is my thing. I created this. <laughs> I created this. <laughs> so so what I so what I kind of did was uh, I kind of crash coursed myself a bit and I started like taking all these artists I love and I started just like not necessarily tracing but I started inking over them. You know, and a lot of the results yeah. were just absolutely terrible, but I was learning, okay, I'm seeing how Adam Kubert does this. I'm seeing how John Romita Jr. does this. I'm seeing why Cliff Chang does this this way. And I'm seeing these things and it, and it's, you kind of get that, that it's put into your brain stew when you're drawing. And I don't know how to describe my style now. It's kind mm -hmm. of rooted in realistic but it's also not like ultra realistic at all um you know whenever those things come up like oh you know can you spot my influences like i don't i don't know like it's never like one of those things where it's like oh i'm, I'm fishing for a compliment it's like no i just yeah. don't know man like <laughs> i don't I think i created my own style here and uh yeah. this is completely unique to my own my own <laughs> self there so yeah it, 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 it i i wish i was that uh sure of myself with that <laughs> God, that's gonna be so crazy too is like to be like uh the first person to do something you know like like picasso right before yeah. picasso like i mentioned there's other artists or whatever but but like to to be that influential of a person and be like this is like now set in stone this is an art style that i have created has got to be like insane like the same yeah. thing goes for like music and stuff like that where like the first metal bands i'm sure they weren't sitting yeah. there thinking like yeah dude we're we're gonna be like remembered as legends like now they were just you know, fucking doing something different because they were, you know, tired of the, like the status quo there. So. Yeah. When was it? Was it, was it the Kinks who started like the distortion craze? Was like, Dude, uh, I don't you even... really got like when they <laughs> when they popped that hole in that speaker and they're like, hey, this actually sound kind of fucking 
rocks. Like, you know, like, yeah. how do we do this? Um, that's the, I have a friend, Nick, shout out Nick. Uh, you look great in that shirt. He has a sound of, he does the sound of history podcast, but he does, uh, he delves kind of like into that. I think they're, I forget where they're at. They, I think their latest episode was on Madonna. Um, but like he started from pretty much the beginning of American history and music where it's like, uh and, and just builds up talking about like how like well like this is where kind of where we started was like minstrelsy and and when like kind of copying you know taking things that mm -hmm. weren't necessarily theirs and moving on from there but then it, it compounds on top of each other where um eventually like you know punk rock is like they started out because you know x did this or whatever and it's it's really cool like i i really love delving into like history and like how things got here so yeah it's 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 the same for for art and your own personal journeys with music and art you to take from everything and you kind of see what happens you know we all have our preferences for things like that i mean there's guys who you know they essentially draw like draw like joe madiera you know like that's they never went past that you know there's um i'm not talking s about the guy at in, in the absolute slightest but like nick bradshaw he came on the scene he was basically art adams jr you know not that it'd be, I, I, and I say that it's saying like, I couldn't in a million years with a million hours draw like our Adams, much less, <laughs> but you know, since then he's definitely grown and he's taken that art. Like he's definitely like in the same ballpark as art Adams, but I can look at a Nick Bradshaw drawing and, and tell it's Nick Bradshaw and not art Adams, so, you know, so I was looking up Nick Bradshaw. You're talking about Nick, the goose Bradshaw, right? From Top Gun. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, no, dude, this guy, yeah, no, this is the wrong no. guy entirely. He's, uh, yeah, yeah, and you know that's and he's you know definitely you know formed his own variation of that style. Um, and then there's guys like Ramon Villalobos who started off you know very much like a Frank Quitely clone, which he admits himself. You know, he he wears that on his sleeve, but now he's developed into his own like you unique thing with stippling and and just like this crazy ass stuff he does. And so it's it's one of those things where yeah, you know, that's just where he kind of started and he kept growing and pushing and going forward. Like you know, Ryan Stegman, you know, he you know, you guys mentioned his him and Donny Cates Venom run. Like Ryan started off, you know, in a certain way and he's like constantly changing, you know. Uh, I, I'm not going to dare say Ryan's a friend, but I know him, you know, uh, I've known him for years and he's always pushing to do something different. And I think once I realized like, that's something I want to do myself. And once I realized like, no matter what, I'm just going to keep making these things. I'm going to keep trying to push myself. That's when I kind of felt like, well, I don't know about these other guys, but I'm, I'm confident enough in myself that, you know, I feel like at least I'm doing something, you know, I, I would never, I will never trash, uh, you know, I will never trash anybody who anybody's effort put into a, a books. I know how hard books are to make. I may not be for me. I may not like it. Um, it may not be professional level work. Hell I've, I'm, I'm someone who learns, who, uh, learns on the page. I don't do sketchbooks. I don't like sit, you know, like aside from like my, my inking experiments, like whenever I'm learning something new, it's because I have a page to draw, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I, I, I'm, that's just how I am. That's just how I've always been. So a lot of my mistakes are printed everywhere, <laughs> you know, and that's, it's fine. That's a good part of like learning and like evolving. And yeah, as, as a lover of meta, I'm going to transition this a little bit into 
So like with Metallica, like Metallica is like your end all be all. So how do you feel like you, you fall in love with a band on a certain sound and then like that becomes your band. And then over time they change. Right. Cause like a big thing is where like some bands stay the same, like, you know, ACDC kind of always same mm-hmm. thing. Right. You know, I love black Dolly murder, but still like every record is kind of the same, you know, Red Hot, Hot Chili Peppers, Cannibal Corpse, same. and 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 yeah. to a to a lesser extent, that's how I always felt about Slayer too. Like it's like oh, like everything kind of sounds like Rain and Blood. I know that's naive, but like that's just how my ears hear it. But whereas like there's certain bands where even though they do sound different, like they still sound sa- they still have the essence of like what makes them who they are, and it's always a discussion point, like especially in music where it's like well. Like I like them for a, and they don't sound like that anymore. But then like, there's also the same people. It's like, well, I, you know, I don't want another album that sounds like a, you know, but mm-hmm. then, so it's like for, for, for some reason in music, that seems to be the one where like, whereas like, it seems like in comics evolving and changing your style is like a good thing, but like in metal specifically changing your style is often met with like negativity you know because like i i the first like couple white chapel albums i love their last two or three not i I, they're not my thing like i wouldn't say they're bad they're just like not my thing and so you as a as a fan of like a band you you do want them to experience like to experiment and do different things but you also want them to sort of retain like the core like essence of what they are Mm -hmm. but as someone who like plays guitar and like I meant to ask Deegan this last week, but like you, you have to, I guess it depends like what you want out of your band, because there's Mm -hmm. a certain point where like, you probably get tired of playing like, yeah, these three records are great. You know, like Lamb of God, you know, like, you know, ashes and, and sacrament are are, like, they're great. Like they're great albums. But then like, if you listen to like what they are now, they've evolved. Right. I mean, that was 15 years ago. And like, that's Mm -hmm. what you want. And if you're in a band, because ultimately I think fans also lose, we're, we're all guilty fandoms are all guilty of it in, in certain aspects of like, well, like this was my thing. Like, this is what I, you know, this is m- like mine, but you yeah. have to realize that like, it's not yours. And like, they're the bands, the bands are the ones that are going out and they're playing every night and they probably get tired of playing walk with me in hell. Like, you know, 270 <laughs> times a year. Like it's a great, it's a great song. It's a banger, but like you also worked on all this new stuff and like, that's what you want to play. But then there's also, you know, you don't go to a lot of concerts. So like if you go see Metallica, like now, if you go see him now, like they're going to play the hits. But like as far as like if we take Lamb of God, for example, like you go and like you fell in love with like Ashes of Awakened Sacrament, like you want and you go see him, you get a chance to go see him. Like you want them to play that, but then like they don't play that. So like it's it's always man, it's just it's hard. It's hard being a creative person, man, because it's like nothing if no, you ever get to happy with it. Well, like you, cause yeah. at a certain point, you have to sort of like kind of. I think it's naive to block out everything and just kind of like live in a bubble because like, I think criticism is, is, is important. It's how you deliver criticism, right? Like it's, yeah. you can be like, Hey, I don't like this for a, rather than be like, this shit sucks. And like I said, we're all, mm-hmm. we're all, we're all absolutely guilty of it, but like, it's great that you're, you're like, you've sort of taken that stand of like, Oh, I'm not really going to put anybody down be- for like the things they do because like you understand the thing too. And it's just like, it's 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 admirable it's admirable that like there's still people 
I, I try. I try because I, I have a reputation of being someone who doesn't like anything and I'm very critical. <laughs> my, my standards are really high. Like they are high, but also like I think it's just because in the last 10 years or so, like everything that we've been given has not been great. Like there's there's still things that are really great out there, but I think like everything has just like been flooded to where like you're having a hard time find like wading through all the garbage to get to the good stuff. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. it's all, it's not about quality. It's all about quantity. Jacob's a prime example of that. Cause he, he, he consumes all that nonsense. <laughs> well, I'd only consume the good stuff. No, you don't. <laughs> I do need, uh, and I am guilty of consuming the bad stuff, but because I just want to see if it's actually as bad as they say it is. So he's, uh, he's uh, going through his feelings now because he is the only person he knows that doesn't like the one piece okay. on Netflix. He feels um, like he's being gaslit by everyone because everyone else seems to like love it. <laughs> But he does not like it. I haven't watched it. I don't have Netflix. I've never. Don, I don't... Are you a, are you a One Piece fan by chance? I don't. Um, I I am not. I there's a ton of manga and and stuff that I know I need to get comfortable or or, or I want to oh check gosh, out. Man. Yeah. And you know, One Piece is one of those ones. Everyone's like, it's just so much fun. It's you know, blah blah blah. And I have a bunch of friends who love the One Piece show, mm. and they're, they're talking about how good it is or whatever. And I'm like. You know, maybe I'll try to give it a shot. I don't are know. You about, now you're talking about the manga or the anime, or are you talking about the new live action? As far the as new live like, action show, okay, that's what I mean. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's not even going to well, go into it. He's defeated because no, he's I mean, the no, only. I, I, mean, but, I, I but, would love to. I would love to discuss it. You but know? I, I, I don't have like I don't have a dog in that race. So, um, I'm glad it's out and people seem. A lot of people seem to yeah, enjoy it. That is um, my whole thing. Is that like because that's I've gotten into a really surly mood here the last few days. But it's like it's my influence. I, I'm sorry. I, I guess yeah. But I've grown to the point where now where it's like I've gotten over the fact that I don't think that it's good, right? Um, and I've accepted the fact that people are just going to enjoy it, and that's fine, dude. It's okay that if you enjoy it. And so, and I, I'm not gonna, even going to say that my opinion is right in the matter because. But by my own standards, a lot of people like this show. Therefore, I have to believe that like it's a good. But that show. doesn't make your opinion wrong, though. I mean, it, I, I that's where even my own self. I'm like, I kind of beg to. I, there's like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm gaslighting myself to the point where I don't know if it's. Am I right? Bad. Is this great? Am I, am, am, is it? Is it? Is it? Am I just wrong? But like, it's there's. It, I think that it's coming from the standards that I, I hold, um, like the media too currently where like the the huge influence that cgi has had and how it's being used over like way too much and i get like a lot of that. like, that's the thing too is that there's so many i can go down so many like roads but like it doesn't look good to me in the sense that like they didn't invest enough into it to to like make me feel like it's actually it feels to me like it's a broadway show that they filmed people making um and I don't know if like I'm just being too hypercritical of it, but it's just it's annoying me because it's like I, I mean I'm sure that it's great. I'm sure that it's it's fun. If I could just step back and not be taken out of it, but it's, <laughs> because like and then I also and and are you going firm, through the same process that I went with Moon Knight? I think so. maybe I not no, to that extreme. I'm not no not to that extreme because I'm not I've not been invested in One Piece like my entire life like you have with Moon Knight. I've just like I've started reading the manga. I'm like I'm four seventy five. I think is where I'm at um like chapter 475 oh, the okay. show i haven't gotten into like but the one that, the really good thing i like about one piece is that the show and the manga are pretty much hand in hand like the i forget Ida oda i don't know the, author, the author's name but he was you pretty okay? particular 
I had a burp. <laughs> like trying not to bring attention to it, but uh, we're good at this. Well, I think everyone was listening. It's like you're uh, cutting out, or just like no, sorry. Uh, but it's uh, the author of the manga was like pretty had a hand in you know making the show, and so like he was you got to stay really close to source material, so it's like a one to one almost. Um, but it's like I don't I don't know, man. I don't think that like mon like and I, I'm tired of like adapting things to real life versions of themselves because i think that there's just like with manga in particular and anime in particular like those those things are so over the top for a reason right because yeah. like there's something you can do with art to make it look over the top you can really emphasize the kind of uh like the actions the characters yeah, are but doing, it's expensive you know? and they yeah, already don't pay them so that's the problem is that like I don't think that it's one of those mediums that you can transfer into a real life action because you're not going to get the same emphasis. Like, like whenever Luffy does his gum gum rocket, like it doesn't hit me with that impact because it's like, it looks fucking stupid as shit. I I'm thrown back to like, uh, I'm, I'm thrown back to, to Michael Jordan doing the half court for like dunk and, and monster jam. And it's like space jam. scared space jam. Fucking it scared the shit out of me, dude. That's terrifying. <laughs> so it's like, I, it takes me out of it where, and it's like, but that's a I fair criticism. To, I just think that we need to get past the point of like adapting things to real life. Like, I don't need a, a real life a Lion King because it's dumb. I'm sorry. It's stupid. You know? Hey, there's Dawn. Hey. How's it going? So, I, I just realized the video wasn't on and I felt bad. Oh, you're <laughs> fine. I mean, no, it's on. all good. I was <laughs> just like, hey, maybe he doesn't. So let me ask you this, Dawn. So, okay. like, you know, there is that big, there's a, you know, translating. It's like, oh, so like you read comic book a and like you want to you want to make it you know killing joke was a prime example of like this mm -hmm. great book that got adapted into an animated movie and it was terrible because it's like they lost it just lost everything that like what yeah. is what made that great so like okay someone comes up to you amazon comes up to you and they're like hey we're gonna give you five hundred thousand dollars to and we're gonna buy evie and the hell sings off of you and we're gonna make a kids animated a series out of this but like you get no input your name will be in the credits as like you know co-creator but then like and then like you watch it and they butcher the shit out of it do you care like it, it, it like if it loses everything that you all have created um well have if i gave if i gave up that control i stopped caring then okay um i, I would put it that way um not that we have any type of expectations of that but we have had that discussion and we are very much about having creative control, if not input on anything that might, you know, control is uh, uh, probably not a thing that would happen, but we would definitely want input and creative you know, like, influence and, and definitely, definitely like a significant vote of like, what's going on what's you know, how are we doing this? Um, but if they come I'm, to you and they're like, Hey, here's a billion dollars. <laughs> Let us have it. Like, I mean, you're just gonna be like, well, hey. at at that point, um, that's fuck you money. So yeah. it's like, uh, I'll just sneak a clause in there that I can make my own adaptation after that. <laughs> I was thinking it myself, and there you go. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's an ultimate know, question. Like everybody has a price, kind of thing. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, what's your price like, though? Okay, come like, on. I, like I got, I got two kids in a family. Like, a, a, you, if you're if you're throwing a large sum of money at me over, you know, an idea like that only goes so far. <laughs> like the principle of that only goes so far where it's like, well, I'm here to make comic books, not movies. Um, but I wouldn't, but it would be, uh, it would definitely be something where like, we want to make sure they're 
keeping the spirit of the books, keeping the vibe mm-hmm. of, of the of what we're trying to do. Um, if they want to change certain things, that's fine. You know, that's kind of my point of view of it. But it also depends on what do they want to change. Do they want me? They want to make you know, uh, you know, I doubt they would. But like, would they want to gender swap Evie back to a guy? It's like, no, that's not going to happen. It doesn't work the same way, right? Um, yeah. You know, one of the characters, one of the band members is transgender. Like, you, you want to make them not transgender? No, that's not. That's a non-starter. That's part of yeah, that's dude. part of that character's journey and who they are. You know, um, one of the the drummer Dino, he's he's black. He's African American. You want to make him something else? No. His his journey is and his his backstory is heavily reliant on the fact that he is who he is. Yeah, you're like talking about changing like core things. These who these characters yeah, are, and it's but like not yeah. gonna work. It's not gonna translate well at all because like. But you know, I also think about because I've we've, Steve and I have talked about like you know because uh, this first arc is four issues. Uh, I gave him an idea for the second issue, the second arc, mm-hmm. which you know was kind of a long shot, but he was like, "Yes, let's do that." Um, and I could see, and you know, Steve shared with me the ideas he's had for the third arc and the, you know, "quote unquote" ending of the book. And I could see if someone were to do like a show, how you'd need to start talking about a lot of things at once. Some characters would need to be coming into the play way sooner. And then, mm-hmm. then, then we would have them in the books and all that. So things like that, I would understand. But yeah, if you're just like, you know, if they wanted to make even the hell things about a, a, a punk band instead of a metal band, it's fine. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm you. not gonna be upset about that. You know, <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it's a, so it, it turned it, into it's, a country band. They're like, they're trying, <laughs> trying to get big in the country. Yeah. They're gonna go on down to Tennessee and play some play some songs. So. Go down to Nashville, uh, where all the musicians are. Um, yeah, they, I, don't even, I don't even know if they're there anymore. I don't know, man. Who music? Yeah, in Nashville. Though, I mean, yes. it feels like Nash- it feels like Nashville's gotten so corporate, though. You know, like it's yeah. just like it's even... very, well, I, it's very touristy now. Yeah, it's all about the tourists. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they did um, just they did just pass a, a thing to build a two billion dollar stadium, the football team. Right. So, well, oh, okay, right where the football is, they're going to tear it down, and build a new one. We're getting a baseball stadium soon, right? I don't know. I don't know if it's in the works. Taxpayer dollars, baby, at their finest. That's so cool. Love it. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that answers your question at all about that, but I'm, I'm all for when something adapts something, and it at least it it tries to capture the spirit and the core of it, and the. Uh, just the just the intent. I guess the intent, because uh, intents can change based on you know how you interpret a thing. But you know, uh, I think a good example is Lower Decks, uh, the animated Star Trek spinoff show. It's a comedy, you know, it's ridiculous or whatever, but they keep so much of what makes Star Trek interesting and fun in the show. So it's not necessarily an adaptation, but it's something that takes that and makes it cool. I mean, that's what. I think a lot of people fell in love with the early days of the MCU with because they didn't do one-to-one recreations of things, but they kept the spirit of it. They kept the, the idea of it. Um, you know, those movies are what made Captain America one of my favorite characters. Right. That interpretation of the character. Um, you know, no one gave a shit about Iron Man, (laughs) but they didn't change too much about his story. They just, embrace they embrace the things that you know were core to the character it helps that robert downey jr was like the walking embodiment of tony stark exactly 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 like it it would not have worked with anybody else i think um it would have been fine 
Yeah. It's also the flip side where sometimes an adaptation turns, it's very rare, but the adaptation turns out to be better because like the boys show on Amazon is infinitely better than the comic I, books. I, I hear that a lot uh, from what I've heard of the boys comic it is definitely not my bag. Yeah. But from what I've heard of the boys show, it sounds really interesting. It's, it's a lot more focused and streamlined and it's not all over the place. And it, it I, I, do you I, think they take the gore over the top? But I mean, I think that's the whole point of the show as yeah, well. But know, I mean, like I right. never I read Preacher and never watched the show. So I don't know how AMC's adaptation of it was. But like there was a thing, too, where like The Walking Dead was kind of that way for a long time. And then like it. Oh, God. it shit the bed so hard. It shit the bed where it got. So, <laughs> what are like, you talking about? You don't want to know about Daryl Dixon's story, or uh... so like it. It it's it's you know it's weird, but I guess it really kind of boils down to like how close you are to something versus mm-hmm. like like to me, my first introduction to Lord of the Rings was the movies, and then I went back and read yeah. the books. So like that was. You know, <laughs> I never <laughs> finished. I never finished the third one. They're so long, dude. Uh, like, Try to get us to read it in high school. I'm like, nah, dude. I can't read to begin with. That's really <laughs> a long ass read. Uh, that, that 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 was me too. I think I may have read The Hobbit when I was younger. I don't really remember. I knew this, or I may have seen the animated versions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those man, um, those hold up. I, I, you know, you, you got to love that, that Ralph Bakshi just, just just trace over some people doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, you bring up the Lord of the Rings. And one of my favorite things of the past couple of years is listening to Tolkien YouTubers just lose their absolute <laughs> shit about mm-hmm. the Amazon show. Yeah. Because they, like for a good reason, right? No, like they were like, loved it. Right. Uh, no, no. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it's I, I I think it's so f- like enjoyable just because not that I'm happy these people are not like enjoying something they clearly deeply love. Um, it's just the way they rant about it. It's just like good old fashioned nerd ranting about the thing is not like the thing. And it's never, oh, this character, this dwarf, there's no black dwarves. No, it's none of that shit. None of that fucking loser bullshit that people want to complain about. It's just literally like, no, that would, that uh, was it. Elrond would never act in that manner. He would actually do this and blah, blah, blah. According to the lore, according to this appendices, it's like, oh God, I miss this kind of this like fucking just, this is, this is where like the, 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 the nerd shit started and I love it. And it just it when it devolves into the, you know, the, the the mouth breather shit. I had I had one of those, not the mouth breather stuff, but I had one of those with the Moon Knight. That guy brought it up, the Moon Knight show. Like I I I was excited. I'm not a uh, I'm not a huge Moon Knight guy. Not that I have anything against the character. It just never was my guy. Right. I don't think I was I was awake for the entirety of any of those episodes. Like hey, I. I I love Oscar. I love Oscar Isaac. He's great. I think everyone was doing a decent job, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like just the story or whatever, I'm just, just like, I'm done. No, thank you. I, I I just I kind of like begrudgingly finished it. 
It was an emotional roller coaster for me and not in a good way. (laughs) I'm not going to rehash it for you. There's an entire episode. Oh, I've, I, it is, it's a, it's a dead horse, right? And I've beaten it to death. I'll make sure to go listen back. (laughs) It's well, like when the show came out, like I literally did like recap. You can like hear my like distraught come through. Like the first episode, I'm like, yeah, six weeks of us. There's like six weeks, like each week I'm talking about it. And then like I got like, angry like offended that people liked it and then like i had like i was joking with him like i had to go through the whole process and realize like yeah you know whatever like it exists like i'm treating it as like the worst comic book run of all time but like it's just like i don't know it it was the whole thing of like losing the essence of like what that character represents and like i don't know like they just the decisions that they made just like just are like just baffle me and whether it was their decisions or kevin feige or whatever it doesn't matter um, I don't know how much I got, how much longer I have you, but like we're an hour ahead of you, and uh, I, I'm tired. Yeah, you've got to go in, <laughs> but no, else, no, 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 no. Yeah, we've been we've been going we've been going for a minute. Uh, I'm happy to keep chatting, but yeah, I'm yeah, also yeah. perfectly fine if you guys. No, are no, like, no. We got to do we got to do that top five, baby. We ain't leaving All without right. a top five. So. This week. This week's top five is the top five most metal comic book characters. And obviously you can interpret that however you want to. Uh, Jacob doesn't read comic books, so I'm very curious to see what his list is going to be. I will first. I Huh? You want me to go first? I got my list, dude. Okay. Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. So I don't know comic books too well, if you just mentioned. So I went with- You also don't know metal very well. (laughs) I I went with like (laughs) the two things I know about metal and comics is that like manga is kind of like metal, like kind of like comics. And like, I know like you have to be pretty hardcore to be like, you know, metal or whatever. So- uh, t- off the top, I'm gonna go. Five, number five is gonna be Moon Knight, mainly because he's like one of the only uh comic book characters that, that, <laughs> that know, you know, <laughs> only specifically like through the show. That's like me- like hardcore shit and metal and whatnot. I mean, he did so, carve someone's face off with a crescent dart. So yeah, I'm still <laughs> upset that he didn't actually ask Dracula for his money or whatever it was. It's not real. <laughs> it was a meme. It's upsetting. I know it's real in it our hearts. Be. Yeah, for real. Uh, and that makes it real, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, number four. What is real? What is the truth? I mean, <laughs> number four is going to be Saitama from One Punch Man. Okay. Uh, if if I'm thinking, because like he's not super metal. He's more just in, in he blows people to shit, like, right? He like punched holes yeah. in people and stuff. Like, he's pretty metal. Is that the that main aspect. character? Yeah, he's the main okay. character. He's like, he's, it's just like, it's a fun little manga. It's over the top. It's great. Uh, Aaron Yeager, right? He's from Attack on Titan. He's pretty metal because, like, he's trying to destroy all of humanity except for, like, his little clan of family that he grew up okay. with. I don't know what the arc is going to be in the third uh, part that hasn't come out, but there's supposed to be, like, a final season coming out soon. Super cool. Um, number two uh, really embodies, like, metal to me, and that's Roy Mustang from uh, from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. It's like this hardcore ass scene where like he just incinerates one of the uh one of the homunculi and it's fucking it's so cool such a great and did they did a really good job of it in the uh, anime as well and then number one is like the most metal when i think of like comic books and manga in general and that's going to be guts from the berserk series berserk. Yep. yeah and shout, shout out to phil yeah, yeah i was gonna know. say shout out he'll to know. phil yeah, he'll know. He's, that'll, that'll pop like, I, I didn't realize that they hadn't finished the series to get because i think that the author died before he could finish it 
spoiler alert, they didn't finish it. <laughs> and so I like, I, here I am reading it or whatever. And I get to like the, the last chapter. I'm like, okay, cool. But it stops right in the middle of a story. Like, like literally like they're about to kick off this whole new thing. And it's like, just stops. I'm like, I'm texting Phil. I'm like, Hey, so uh, where do I find the rest of Berserk at? And it was like, you reached it, buddy. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, damn, dude. Damn. So did the fam- yeah, didn't the family announce that they're they have notes and they're they pick someone to pick I, up the torch on that? Yeah, I, I think that what uh, Phil was talking about again. Shout out Phil Greenisher. Um, I think that what they were talking about is that soon, uh, they're working like to get those kind of fleshed out at least to have like an ending to the story. I'm not sure. Like, uh, if we ever have him back on, he'll have to explain it better, but. Um, yeah, I think that they are working to get it finished because I think it was one of those things where they he wanted to see it finished. Like it's fucking, it's such an, a like, has such a a huge following, and it, it's like yeah, I'm sure that people would like be down to buy it. So, cool. yeah, I like it. Yeah, dude, I actually had it uh, this time. There you go. I I I'm, I was listening to your list. And I'm trying to narrow down mine because I just like was literally just popping off things on my head. Uh, I'm going to disqualify all like Norse mythology, Marvel characters. Cause like, that's mm-hmm. too easy. I mean, that's just like they, ha- you have entire albums and bands based off of Norse, <laughs> Norse mythology. So like, I feel like, you know, that disqualifies you, but also Gore, the God butcher is like a great like thing in metal. Yeah. So um, I think I'm also going to to Solomon Grundy as a runner runner up just because like, you know, it's his entire story arc is pretty metal. So I'm trying to, I don't have it in a any particular list, but I have like uh, uh, metal comparisons. First one is Black Canary, just because like she's already got it, man. It could just be she could fill in for Arch Enemy, like in no, like no, like it would <laughs> like be easy. Um, I feel like Atrocitus is like super metal. You know, he could fit in with Guar. Uh, it was just like, and he just runs on like pure rage, which is like the antithesis of metal, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Ghost Rider is pretty fucking metal. Just, I love Ghost Rider. Um, Lobo, Lobo's up there mm-hmm. for like, it's like, like thrash metal, right? Um, I'm going to throw in Jake from Murder Falcon. Have you read Murder Falcon? Yeah. So like I have, I have I have the collection right back there. Yeah. So like, it's just great. It's just mm-hmm. so it's so good. Uh, and it's all about it's all about metal music, man. Um, I don't want to do. I'm gonna do a tie between Spawn and Judge Dread, just because like that. <laughs> they just like I think Spawn takes that one. I think just be. I mean, I know it's very Dredd's supposed to be a hardcore, but like Spawn's yeah. like, like it's fucking Spawn, dude. It's just when I think metal, like if I'm not thinking of the actual material of metal, like those, those are like what pops in my head. Surprisingly, no Moon Knight there. I should have, I should have <laughs> picked like all metal, like just metal people, like Colossus, yeah, Iron Colossus Man, Colossus pretty sick, yeah, Titanium Man, Omicron. Yeah. He's like a fucking planet, dude. <laughs> yeah, Cyrax and Sector from Mortal Kombat. I'm sure they have a comic out there, right? They do. So that's a lot. They were yeah. definitely in a comic, yes. Hell yeah, dude. Those were my favorite, like growing up, or the the, the three robots there. And then they, yeah. they form one robot. Hmm? Did they form one? Did they come together as like one robot? In MKX, there? there's Triborg in it because there it was go. built on the variations. You could get each one in the variation, but it doesn't count. That's the that's the kind of knowledge I need whenever I don't I don't try to find <laughs> Mortal Kombat lore. <laughs> All right, Don. Your turn. Well, I, I had messaged you earlier saying that I I have a little bit of a twist on the list, and that's I don't have a top five per se, like in a ranking order, 
Um, it's fine. I decided to pick a genre of metal and pick a character I felt best embodied that genre. Okay. Okay. Um. So, uh, to bring up a name I already said for stoner slash doom metal, I'm picking Lobo. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. That is 100. Uh. You know, I I hear you hear that tritone from Black Sabbath. You know, starting. Uh, he rolls in. You hear Orange Goblin. Uh, you hear you know just all that kind of you know early the sword just you know with the Lobo. That's 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 just the vibe I get from him there. Um, from uh, and I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll bring up another one. You said Atrocitus. Um, he uh, to me embodies groove metal like okay. Pantera, um, uh, Black Label Society, something like that. Something that's just like pure piss and vinegar. <laughs> You know, okay, absolutely. Drink, nonstop, honestly, yeah. just grooving and going. Um, was he a cat then, at one point? <laughs> I'm sorry, I looked that's, up that's, Dex, that's Dexstar. I, I oh, almost okay. picked Dexstar. I actually almost picked Dexstar just just for the just for the fact that I could pick a cat to be an embodiment of some type of metal. <laughs> but um, uh, black Dexstar would be black metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, this um, dude looks like, yeah, it looks badass. All these guys uh, look so cool. Uh, for 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 death metal, um you think like okay death metal like there's all these like just physical embodiments of death all around mm -hmm. comics and everything and then i'm like yeah but they kind of are death like i think if i think about death metal and the and the people who make it and things like that like that's fucking thanos yeah like just obsessed with death but never <laughs> but but kind of a weeb about it you know just like yeah. <laughs> that that to me that's death metal you know i love death metal but yeah that's thanos is the most death metal <laughs> takes itself a little bit too seriously yeah right? yeah exactly, he, exactly. Push comes to shove, he's, like, he's nailing it man yeah um and then uh for uh symphonic metal uh dark phoenix okay is the most symphonic metal character um just for the simple fact that most symphonic metal singers i think they take a lot of visual fashion cues from their <laughs> <laughs> um and, and also like a lot of the times uh especially these days i don't know if you would consider arch enemy symphonic metal um i'm not sure if they would fit that bill um but there there seems to be maybe a, now not with angela no no yeah um but yeah, I think I just think like just the vibe of Dark Phoenix just being this big, beautiful, ethereal thing, but also like just wants to destroy uh, everything uh, or eat planets. Uh, I, I think it, kept, it captures the vibe of like the epicness that Symphonic Metal tries to get. Um, and then for for last one, I'm picking Thrash Metal, and I'm trying to think like who, what comic book character embodies Thrash? There's plenty of comic book characters that are like, yeah, they're like they're like fucking Thrash, whatever. But when I think of like someone who absolutely loves thrash metal, I think of someone who's kind of, to be honest, kind of like a fucking snob a little bit. <laughs> like they're a little, a little Dave Mustaine, you know, like they're better than everybody else a little bit because they love the one true metal, you know, death to all false metal, you know, that the 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 old yeah. thrash thing. And I'm like, who who would be that? And I'm like, that's fucking Quicksilver, man. <laughs> that's, that's Quicksilver. He's he's just he's just he's got that air of like. The thing, I, the thing I enjoy is better than yours. It's the one thing and it's fast. And he's yeah. fast, you know? Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I almost went with death, Deathlock just because he is like, if Megadeth could, he would have been their mascot. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Um, but 
you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, Deathlock would have been an Iron Maiden cover, but then you get into the whole, is Iron Maiden thrash? No, not really. And, you know, then and that's a whole thing. So, right. Um, so that, that, that's where I went. I was going to go with the joke list and just name five characters who are made of this. I was going to name all the, the metal men. But... Yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly surprised Jacob didn't do it, but I'm proud of him for having an actual <laughs> list because yeah, normally it's yeah. like. I I end up having to go first a lot of times, and he'll be like googling while I'm doing it because nah, I googled earlier in the episodes. So I was yeah. on top of it. So. Yeah, it's fine. Um, we didn't even talk about your podcast that you have. Oh, yes, yeah, our uh, guests. They Don Don Cardenas, right? Yes, right, uh, Don Cardenas. I host the uh, on top of making comics, I host the Comics Coffee Metal podcast where I talk to. Uh, fellow creatives about comics coffee and metal and whatever this shit you know else we'd end up talking about three best things in the world yeah and you know uh, i've had more than enough people who aren't in the coffee and that's fine we can talk about whatever you know i've talked about uh seltzer water with people for 20 minutes i've talked about tea i've talked about or- you know freshly pressed orange juice you know it's fine you know and uh some people are in aren't into metal so we end up talking about other things and, and other music they enjoy and the the main thrust of my podcast is while I enjoy comics, coffee, metal, they are the three things I love most in this world. Aside from my family, it's you know really getting the chance to talk to people about the things they're enjoying, because there's so much you know talking about things we hate and things we don't like sure. and all that. Yeah. I think celebrating the things you do enjoy and sharing those things, uh, we need to give space to that too. You know, there's there, there's there's plenty of times of voice grievances. I think uh, forcing ourselves to say, you know what? I really like this thing. I think you should check out this thing. I think we all kind of need to, to do that a bit. So that's kind of uh, the, the main focus of the podcast right now. Absolutely. We should have an episode like that. We should have an episode where we're only positive. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm not knocking, I'm not, I'm not knocking anyone who's like voices their displeasure with things. Um, I'm, it's more, I guess, railing against the extreme of it. You know, the people who are frothing at the mouths and. Oh, we definitely don't do that. And, and, no, make, dude, and make and make and make YouTube video after YouTube video about actresses they don't like or whatever, and it's just like you're just sad, sad little men. <laughs> it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing if it's like you know I'm discussing why I don't like this show, why I don't like this thing, why I don't like this thing. That's fine. I talk about plenty of things I don't like, but uh, you know, change it up a bit. You know, I mean, you guys talked about plenty of things you've enjoyed on this show, and. You know, that's that's something that's missing from a lot of people's lives. I think, you know, people don't get that balance a lot. So I try to just uh, positivity doesn't sell, though, man. <laughs> that's not what makes it, money. It's a good thing. Uh, you know, podcast podcasting makes everyone so much money, too. You know, yeah, it's, absolutely. Just, it's just sitting there. <laughs> that's, waiting to be honestly, that's the only reason we do podcasting is because how much money we're making from it. Right yeah, now. yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. You were yeah. talking about earlier uh, your your podcast and stuff. And I had joked when I launched my Kickstarter that really I had secretly just launched our podcast so that I could gather up an audience in order (laughs) to fund the Kickstarter that I did. Uh, and like a, a big chunk of people that listen to this were, were backers. So like it, got, it, it was a joke, but it was kind of true. But um, uh, it's been absolutely great hanging out with you. Where can people find you? I know that like we were talking before we started about all the social medias yeah. and all the ones we have, but like where, where's the best place? Obviously Kickstarter, mm-hmm. I guess it would be kickstarter.com slash. You can just go to Evie and the Helsings.com E-V-I-E and the Helsings.com one L. Um, you can also just um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky at, at Don Cardenas Art. Um, and uh, I I do, uh, I, I'm in the middle of just like 
cleaning out my Twitter because of the whole new terms thing saying they could basically scrape all your data to use into AI machines. And we're not going to get into that. Obviously no one has time for that right now, but <laughs> um, I, I just went through the whole process of like trying to scrape all the drawings and stuff I put up. Not that I'm overly concerned about it, but I'm just the principle of it. Right. Um, so, but I am, I am hanging around Twitter still blue sky, Instagram threads, I guess. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh all don don cardenas art um and then yeah our my uh book ev in the helsings issue two is currently being kickstarted uh this post friday yes yes okay so we'll, we'll still have a few days left uh uh we're kickstarting issue two but there's also plenty of options to get issue one as well uh within there we have tons of great uh variant covers and i have commission slots left steve bryant my uh writer and co-creator who's also fantastic fantastic artist has commission slots as well available um and yeah that'll be going on to the 13th i believe and if you missed this one that's fine we'll be back in uh hopefully january with issue three and then um in between there i also draw the book spend the night written by horror director jackie kong of uh blood diner and the being fame 80s cult classic movies a uh, bunch of you know big splatter gore kind of fun things and uh, I'm currently uh, as we've been talking kind of trying to wrap up the last page of issue three of that and those are out in comic shops everywhere uh, and it's a real fun story about uh, five girls who uh, uh, have a sleepover uh, terrible accident happens they in, uh, hold a seance for uh, a spirit to come help them out and Shit just gets worse. And they were playing with the Ouija board, <laughs> weren't they? And um, if anyone's not familiar with Jackie Kong's films, they're very, very uh, just kind of crazy and out there and like everything at the wall, kind of bug nuts, crazy stuff. And this book is no different. Um, we're in issue three and we've already gone through um, evil spirits, uh, evil dolls, evil space worms, zombies. And there's just a bunch of other more just crazy ass shit uh <laughs> coming so if you like b horror movies this is definitely a book for you awesome man yeah i'll put yeah, i'll yeah. put all your stuff in the in yeah. the in the description of this thing so yeah uh, dude thanks thanks so much for hanging out with us it's a little late on our end but yeah thanks thanks for accommodating me a bit uh and then ho hopefully next time i'll uh we'll uh, get to do this a little bit earlier i'll have to have uh you guys come on the show yeah, on my I show we'll cross over all day yeah, so, man, uh, I'd love to come on sometime and talk about Polar Destroyer whenever it like gets closer to being like done. Right now, the interior well, interiors are being worked on. So, what? Just do, do not be afraid to just uh, you know bug the shit out of me about it. Uh, I like to schedule. <laughs> I, I the my podcast posts every two weeks. I try to go weekly from time to time, but mostly it's every two weeks. I try to schedule a couple months out. So yeah, just you know go ahead hit me because i will say i will and i have every intent to like follow up with people and i just like oh crap i forgot oh crap i forgot you know it and, happens dude it's you me, know baby i forget all the time <laughs> so, so like i am i am never i am never put off by anyone who's like hey any 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 update on this or whatever or can i come on it's like yes please bug the shit out of me because that's <laughs> sometimes that's the only way i, I can uh even force myself to like do the schedule anyway it's like oh yeah. shit okay this person wants to go on let me figure out what i got to do now <laughs> so all right i get it man oh I, I do have to i do have to ask you guys one question i'm sorry yeah go ahead what is the deal with the title of this show 
<laughs> yeah, it's okay. a really deep meaning. It's not know, uh, personal to us. So, do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, not I. I started and so I like you know what it is continue. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So when I had had a podcast before I'd done this, and then I had worked with Jacob, and long story short, I found him extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. I kind of gravitate towards like people that like this people that society would deem like outcast or weird enigmas, if you will, uh, that I gravitate towards those people. I find them much more interesting than like the normal people. And, uh, I was like, yeah, dude, like we should start a podcast. And like, if you know, Jacob, he's, he's very noncommittal and he's very, like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. So I pushed him, pushed him, pushed. So then like, once he finally got serious about it, I didn't want to do the Jacob and Alex show. Right. Cause we started it in 2019. I was just like, well, you got to find something, like what, like what's something and like always sunny is one of those shows. Like it's top probably, probably my favorite show of all time. And it's such an obscure reference that like, if you watch the show, you understand it, but it's also weird enough to be like, what, what is like, what's your spaghetti policy? Like, what does that even mean? Like it was just, it was more <laughs> of something like combining a bunch of things to make it not necessarily thought provoking, but something to stand out to where like, mm. Again, it's not like the game hour or like metal to metal Monday today. Like we need yeah, it. Yeah. And also like we're not it's again, like we're not a comics podcast, but yeah. like the last two weeks has been artists and stuff. Um, but like we didn't want to be cornered into like a specific niche of like, OK, like we can only talk about these things. It's very structured. It's very free flowing. It's just kind of like whatever we talk about, whatever we want to, which is kind of like what the show is in itself. It's just like. No, nothing right it's they walk in they walk in one day and they're like we're gonna do this for this episode right it's like, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like it's essentially what it was and we didn't want to be beholden to any sort of specific thing but then like in the early days it was like so is this like a podcast where you like review like spaghetti yeah, we recipe were, uh, we were a food <laughs> podcast and then there was on. also people yeah. that thought we were an always sunny podcast where like we would watch an episode of the show and then like we would talk about it and it was like mm -hmm. neither of those things so like we've had to we've had to explain this to a lot of people so it's like mm -hmm. don't 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 feel bad about it but like it's yeah. often abbreviated as you know wisp so and it's okay. You know, so <laughs> now, now I hear every one of those actors on that show saying, "So, what's your what, what's your spaghetti policy?" Yeah, like, I, I don't know who said it. I don't know. Where so it Charlie from, Day, but, like they're they're taking that's Charlie. The first one I hear. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> take Charlie out, and he's they're like, "Oh, so like, well, it's like Charlie, we're taking it for a spa day," and he's like, "Spa, like, like spaghetti? Are you trying to say spaghetti? Are you trying to ask like, what's your spaghetti policy here, like something like that?" So that's 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 basically what it came from. So <laughs> uh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, thank you so much for being here, Don. I, uh, oh no, I, I, I had a ton of fun chatting Don. with you guys. Uh, thanks for again for uh, staying up so late. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. This is like a it's like a typical Wednesday night for me, dude. I don't even go to bed. 